Well, today uh, we come to the end of uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, today we come to the beginning of the season of Advent. And today we come to the start of uh, what the legendary singer Andy Williams called the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, because the lights are coming out and the tr Christmas trees are getting decorated and holiday music is starting to fill uh, the air parties are planned and uh, pageants are scheduled all around the world uh, with kids jingle belling and everyone telling us, be of good cheer, don't you just want to sing it? It's the most wonderful time of the year. And then you come to church and you get slammed with one buzz killer of a lesson from Luke chapter 21 where Jesus is talking about uh, his coming into this world and the signs of his coming that include things like cosmic developments and, and distress among nations and changes in the roaring seas and destruction and fear and a world that's just kind of coming apart at the seams. It's not exactly the kind of Bible verse you want to read to the kids at bedtime. Not to mention the fact that the rest of Luke chapter 21 is even scarier if you look it up. And yet, sadly, maybe this year the words of Luke 21 as we begin the season of Advent are actually more of a reflection of where we really are in our lives right now. With people still masking and everyone asking us, please don't come near. It's not the most wonderful time of the year as we journey through this worldwide pandemic, taking two steps forwards and one step back, as the, the signs that Jesus talks about involving changes and the roaring of the seas remind us of melting glaciers and rising tides and his distress among nations. It's something that, that we can experience as far away as Ethiopia and as close as Washington, D.C., where people treat each other just so horribly, unkindly with such great disdain and vitriol and flat-out hatred, which leaves more than a few people in this world wondering if their way of life will even survive. And yet I also have to tell you that if the truth be known, the signs to which Jesus speaks in Luke chapter 21 are everything but new. In the day of Jesus, for example, the Middle East was already an earthquake zone filled with natural disasters, some of which were actually recorded in the pages of the New Testament. In Jesus' day, nations were always at war among themselves and between other nations, and leaders were often looked upon as ruthless liars and, and power-hungry barbarians. In fact, as you heard, Jesus even tells the people that he is speaking to in the gospel today that their generation would not pass away before all those things take place. And sure enough, they all did take place, including the destruction of the temple and the entire city of Jerusalem, which was leveled by the Romans in the year 70 AD, less than 40 years after Jesus spoke those prophetic words. But the good news of the passage and the good news of Advent, including this very Advent, lies in the fact that Jesus calls us to follow these signs because they are meant to lead us and guide us and point us to him, to his coming into this world. Someday in glory, already in his birth in Bethlehem, and in between through the power and the promises of his word and the presence of his Holy Spirit in this world. And so when you see the signs of his coming that he speaks of in Luke chapter 21, what Jesus wants you to do 
is lift up your heads and do not be afraid, he says elsewhere in chapter uh, 21, because it means that your redemption, your salvation, your savior, your redeemer, your friend is on the way. This earth and everything in it will most certainly pass away. Of that you can be absolutely sure. But he says, my words, what they mean, what they represent, what they signify in your life are bigger than the disasters of this world. And those words and those promises and the power conveyed through them will last forever. So just read the signs that lead you to me whenever your world is falling apart. And with that, uh, in the middle of all that, he then uh, gives us this little story, this illustration, this little parable about a fig tree and how when the leaves sprout on the fig tree, it's a sign that summer is near. Well, Luke uh, does not tell you uh, that fig trees uh, back in those days were among the cash crops of that region of that time, and they were very lucrative. And so when the, the leaves would sprout on the fig trees after this long season of waiting and of poverty and of struggle and of hardship, it meant that there was about to be an upturn in the economy. The better days were just around the corner, which is to say that whether it's this unusual advent or it's the final advent or it's the one in between, when your time in this world comes to a close, Jesus calls his children to follow the signs that lead us to him because that will make even this advent a most wonderful time of year for those who seek and those who find the Lord. Last week I was in a uh, meeting with uh, some colleagues on our staff and we were talking about Advent and Christmas and I started to reminisce about what it was like to uh, decorate uh, our house uh, for Christmas during Advent when I was a child growing up in the, in the 1960s, which was very tumultuous uh, time, on, almost an apocalyptic time in our history, marked by the war in Vietnam on one hand, uh, racial tensions and strife uh, here at home. On the other hand, there were, was violence uh, across the country in many cities. Uh, our three national leaders had been assassinated. It, it was an awful time. But I remember that, you know, when Christmas time got closer, one of my father's responsibilities was put the lights on the, on the Christmas tree. And, uh, and back then we had these, you know, old-fashioned Christmas lights that uh, featured these uh, very colorful large uh, light bulbs that, I mean, they, they got really hot as soon as you plugged them in. I mean, I don't know how the house didn't burn down, quite frankly. And I uh, remember distinctly how my uh, dad would plug in those lights uh, and string uh, them around the tree so they didn't miss any bare spots and, and how every once in a while, you know, the, the string would get tangled up or he would come into contact with one of those very hot light bulbs and, you know, they would startle him and, and he would flinch. And I always knew that dad was starting to lose his cool when he looked at me and said, Mark, go put on the music. And sure enough, I would go over to the stereo, which is what we called it back then, and put on a stack of Christmas records, which included, of course, the Andy Williams Christmas record, because everybody had it. And before you know it, you know, old John was back in the rhythm. He was in the mood. He was singing along. The tree got decorated. The house did not burn down. 
And that's my little parable. That's my little story, my illustration that I think gets at the gist of what Jesus is trying to tell us in Luke chapter 21. That when life in this world doesn't go exactly the way you want it to go, the way you planned it to go, you know, when your desire for celebration is interrupted by the realities of this life, when things really start to, you know, unravel for you, when the wheels really start coming off, or, you know, it's just the little things that start to eat away at you little by little and distract you spiritually, then that is precisely the time for Advent. It is the time to stop what you're doing, put on the music, and lift up your heads. And look to the one whose word is greater than all the circumstances, all the changes, all the chances, all the disasters of this life, who comes to transform the way we experience all of it, the way we look at all of it, the way we envision our life, and the way we believe that he holds our future in the palm of his hand. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, I don't think that as Christians, you know, we don't need to be good stewards whenever uh, there is chaos and uh, in the way that the seas roar. I think we should be good stewards of God's creation. Uh, I, I don't think we need to ignore the fact or the call that we need to be agents of accountability and of justice and of peace when our nation or the nations of this world are in turmoil. We absolutely need to do that. But first and foremost, what we have been called to do is read the signs that lead us to him because he's the one who makes us good stewards of God's creation. He's the one that makes us agents of peace and of reconciliation and of justice and of truth in this world as we sing the Lord's song all the way to Christmas. And so the fact is that while heaven and earth may pass away, his words have not passed away. They have been passed on by the people whose whole city and its temple were destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. They have gone on across the generations through people who have suffered you know, the same hang-ups and the same questions and the same losses and the same tragedies that you and I experience in our generation. That word continues to go on through people like you and me as we give witness to Christ, even in the midst of an advent like this one. And that's why the color of advent is blue. It's the color of the sky. It calls us to lift up our heads above the things of this life and give thanks to the one who makes all things new. And so while God does not want you and me to obsess on, you know, when and how our time in this world will come to a close, he certainly does want us to be ready and awake and alert to his presence and his transforming power in your life and mine and in the church family we are privileged to share in his name and for his glory. You know, we live in a world, as you know, where, you know, signs are everywhere. I mean, they're all around us. Signs identify our streets. 
Signs identify our, our highways, our roadways. Signs are found at schools and hospitals and airports and, and even churches. Uh, I counted up, uh, you know, there, there are well over a hundred signs just in and around this very building. Signs are everywhere and they help us to discover where we are and where we're going. They help us when we're lost and where we're unfamiliar. And yet I have a confession to make to you. Most of the signs here at St. Andrew, they're invisible to me. Why? Because I know my way around here. Because this place is so familiar to me that I understand what it's all about. I can find my way around here because it's all second nature to me. Just like you don't put signs in your house, you know, identifying, you know, the kitchen or the bedrooms of the, of the various family members because, you know, it's home. And it's different when you're at home. And so my prayer for you as we begin this uh, Advent season, unusual as it may be, finding Jesus' difficult words in Luke chapter 1 to maybe being a better reflection of where we are right now, that you would have the grace to avoid the wrong turns in your life and be led back to the manger of Bethlehem and to renewed awareness of the fact that in Jesus, God really is with you wherever you are and wherever you go. And my hope for you in this Advent season is that your redemption, your salvation, your relationship with God would be so familiar to you, it would be so second nature to you, that you really will be able to just navigate through all of this, through all this world and all of your life and the sufficiency of his grace, and that you'd be able to pass on the words that will never pass away. And my final wish for you in this holy Advent season is that this really would be a wonderful time of year for you. Not because everything is going so well, but because God is going with you every step away. As you put on some music and lift up your heads and give thanks to the one who comes to us so that we might come to Christmas here with our voicing and praises rejoicing for the Lord is near, showing us his comfort, his provision, his mercy, his grace, his hope, his peace, and his joy as he leads you home for Christmas and on to your new life in the heart of God forever. Amen.